as a teacher, as a human walking this earth, we interact with people all the time. And sometimes we go like, whoa, what is going on? How come that kiddo didn't catch that? How come this adult didn't catch that? Why'd they act, react or act this way towards me? And truly it's because we're expecting them to already understand how the world works. And so really what we need to do is teach kids how the world works, works so that they can work in the social world. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. What's the lesson? We're your girls. Jill and Mary. I was going to say your favorite duo. Oh, you're totally it's favorite okay. duo. A hundred percent. What else are, are we to our listeners? A dynamic duo? <laughs> yeah. Batman and Robin. Dad jokes galore. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other duos that we all love. Peanut butter and jelly. Um, we just got off a phone call with like a financial planner to talk about our our future. And we popped on the call and we were like ready to go. <laughs> like music playing in the background. And she <laughs> popped off her um, audio and was like, man, I like knew you guys were cool on Instagram, but I for sure thought it was just a show. But seeing you pop onto this call, which is about finances, which people don't usually love. So we're that. We're that dynamic We duo. can always bring the fun no matter what. Um, Mary, how are you today? Oh, such a great day. We're on our third great call of the day, so I'm excited to get into the conversation. But overall, pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. How about you? So good. Um, excited that we're heading into our third week of summer camp. Fourth. Oh, my gosh. That's how... Jill. That's how... I mean, thank goodness for Mary always fact-checking me. Always. Fourth week of summer camp. And I can't believe, well, I say three because it's halfway over and we're approaching week four. I'm feeling so good about it. We're prepped. We're ready to go. The conversation's going to be so incredible the next couple of days. So not only am I having a fantastic day, we're going to have a fantastic week. We are. And a lot of what we bring into our camp is based (gasps) in Social Emotional Learning, SEL for all of those of you who love a good acronym. I'm a good acronym lover. So SEL, Social Emotional Learning. And our guest today is an expert. Oh my goodness. In social emotional learning. I have goosebumps just saying that because the way that we met this wonderful woman staring back at us while we're having this side conversation (laughs) is via Instagram. Jill found some anchor charts that this woman draws 
I mean, her skills in terms of artistry are incredible. We'll definitely put up a couple of examples in our Instagram story so you can see exactly what we're talking about. But I am so excited to introduce Miss Kim Gamarose with Celebrate Good Times, which it starts with S-E-L, Celebrate. Sel, S-E-L. And I love- I love a good pun. (laughs) It's very punny. So- Kim, welcome to our podcast. It's about, as Lizzo would say, damn time. <laughs> Girls, I mean, my cheeks, I'm like, I can see myself. My cheeks are like beaming. My cheeks hurt from smiling and giggling at you. I just want to like reach to the screen and grab you and squeeze you. I just adore oh, you. We adore Kim. We adore you more seriously. And before we allow you to tell us and our listeners, the goodness that you offer the world and what you contribute, your gifts and your talents. I just have to have a little backstory. I just need to share my kind of my story of how I stumbled upon you. Like Mary mentioned, she alluded how I found you on Instagram. I don't even know what I was doing. I think I was on my For You page on Instagram. What is that page called? Is for, it for You. you? Oh, okay. <laughs> And, if you know, the algorithm is so smart. It knows that I, like, geek out over self-help and social-emotional learning. And I stumbled upon a reel of yours that you were describing a specific anchor chart. And then it was so easy to understand and follow. I loved your voice. I was like, whoa, hang on. So then I went down a rabbit hole. I'm like, wait a second. She literally did text me. I and then like, I texted Mary. <laughs> I'm sending you an Instagram profile right now. Please take a look at it. And I was like, I want to reach out to her. I want to reach out. Like, I I was just manifesting you from the get-go, but there was something about what you were teaching and offering that spoke, really spoke to what we what we do. So I'm sure our audience by this point is dying to know what anchor charts are. But before that, we're going to get into all of that. Kim, I want to know two things that you want our audience to walk away knowing about you and SEL and all of the goodness that that encompasses. Mm, Okay. So, I mean, number one truly is, and this is my motto. This is what I stand by. It is teach social and emotional skills. Don't expect them. That is number one. I feel like as a mama, as a teacher, as a human walking this earth, We interact with people all the time. And sometimes we go like, whoa, what is going on? How come that kiddo didn't catch that? How come this adult didn't catch that? Why did they react or act this way towards me? And truly it's because we're expecting them to already understand how the world works. And so really what we need to do is teach kids how the world works, works so that they can work in the social world. Oh God, that is so good. (laughs) We we use that all the time, the expectations, like it's, you know, monkey see, monkey do, but realistically that is not what it is at all. And we have these unrealistic expectations of social cues and and things that kids should react to by a certain age. And unfortunately that is not the way it is. So I love that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Follow it up. What's number two? Okay. So number two, I mean, I work, I mean, it's special because I get to work with teachers. I get to work with families um, and I get to work with entire schools and school districts. And so really number two is we need to create a common language, common systems, common strategies that are going to support all of our students, all of our parents, 
and out in the community, right? So that we can bridge that gap from school to home. Um, and really it, it helps us so that we can be more proactive instead of reactive in all these things that end up coming up, flare-ups throughout the day, big behaviors. Um, so really it is creating common systems and strategies to support everyone so we can all be on the same page and support each other. Oh, I love that. A word that popped into my mind is culture, is how how does a school take on the culture of social-emotional learning so that everyone's on board that is part of the administration, but also staff all the way down to the kids, but then sharing it for parents. Because sometimes parents are like, wow, how do I, I mean, they don't even know what they don't know. So if they're learning it possibly for the first time through their children, it could be a very cool conversation for them to have aha moments and then to continue to support them at home. So I love, I love both of those things. I mean, honestly, you guys, when I, I was a classroom teacher and just year after year, we had more and kid, more and more kiddos coming to us with autism, ADHD, ADD, undiagnosed something, but you know, something's going on there, right? Like a pink flag is what we call them really, right? Not a red flag, but it's like, eh, it's a pink flag. What's happening? Um, and truly I reached to a speech pathologist and I was like, what are you doing to help kiddos in your small groups? How can I bring in what you're teaching them into my classroom? And once I was able to do that and form like kind of like a framework, a loose framework, I mean, it has evolved into one, but at the time years ago, I was like, I need to give this now to all of my colleagues. Right. And I did. And fast forward, truly, I gave that same framework to an entire district when I was finally working at a district level. And then now you know, through COVID and everything, it really is, oh, wow, we need to really support our families at home. And how do we do that? And so now that's part of, you know, my coaching model that I do with the teachers that I work with is how do you bridge that gap from school to home? How do you really, really support these kids and families and your colleagues all at the same time? And that's the work that I do. So will you take us back? What What's your come up? Where did you start? Where did your career start? Because I know there's teachers out there right now who are first year, second year, who feel like it's very daunting um, because it is a hard time to come into teaching. There's a lot going on. So for just to paint the picture for our audience of where you came from and how your trajectory through the school system led you from teacher to probably specialty teacher to district level to now owning your own business and going back to those same districts and giving them the gift of the curriculum you've developed. Yeah. So, I mean, really my background is psychology and I went to college and thinking I'm going to be a marriage and family therapist. I love working with kids. I love working with the adults. This is for me. And as soon as I got done, I was like, wait, I have to go back. I don't want to go back to school. <laughs> there's <laughs> more. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Billy Mays said, but wait, there's more. And I don't want any more. <laughs> Literally, I was tapped out. I was like, no, 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 no. So, um, I was a dance teacher because my background was dance. My mom was a dance teacher and I did professional dance. Um, I was a dancer for the AVP, like the volleyball, like professional volleyball and basketball. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to teach dance. This is great. <laughs> and while I was teaching, I was like, okay, I love the little guys. However, I love all of my kiddos straight up to like senior year in high school. And there was an opportunity at, um, a school district to be a dance team coach. And I was like, 
okay, this is cool. Let me get into like a school district. That might be neat. I like the hours better. I don't want to work until nine o'clock at night. That's, you know, that's my jam. And so I started working at the high school and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be a math teacher. I'm going to teach high school math. And guess what? I couldn't pass the test that you need to take. Oh, I couldn't pass no. the math. And I was like, well, this blows. Now I guess <laughs> I'm back to dance teaching. Like, what am I going to do? And so I decided, um, you know, I got married at the time and my, my husband was like, no teach the littles. You love little guys. You can, and you can pass that test. You pass that test. <laughs> You've proven that you got that. He's like, Kim. So it's like, you know, fourth grade social studies, surely you can figure that out. <laughs> and so, um, I started, I, you know, fast forward, I got my teacher credential and I started teaching right away. And, um, because of how, you know, it was in our country, I mean, they weren't really hiring a whole bunch of teachers. So I took any job, any job there, you know, they would give me, they made up positions. They're like, Ooh, I like this girl. We'll make up this position for you in the district. And I was like, okay, I'll, you know, work for pennies. Just give me the children. And so <laughs> it's true. And then I finally got my own classroom. And now let me tell you, I saw children jumping on tables biting children, mm -hmm. um, little Mike Tyson's, huh? <laughs> totally eloping, like leaving the class, like running out of the classroom. And I was like, holy cow, they did not prep me for any of this. Yeah. What is happening? And then guess what? <laughs> then the following year, it happened again, same, but different. And the year after that, and now throw in, I mean, I had children with, um, I had a child with spina bifida. Mm -hmm. I had a child who was blind. I had, I mean, it was just like, holy cow, how am I really supporting all kids? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think with my psychology background, dance background, I mean, I am the fun teacher, right? I'm the perky. We're going to dance. Are. Yeah. You 100% are. Okay. But like, I got us through the year and the pa parents and I had great conversations and they felt supported and loved However, when they went on to the following school year, I felt like it crumbled and kiddos had major anxiety and parents were coming to me crying and teachers were like, holy cow, what did you do, Kim? Because I need some support and help. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. Sing, dance. I don't know. But, and, it, and it didn't work in the same way. And truly that's when I went searching for something tangible, really, mm -hmm. that's going to figure it out. And the time I had no idea what social emotional learning was, that wasn't a word. That wasn't, it wasn't a mm -mm. phrase. Right. No, it was nothing. And when I found resources, um, you know, evidence-based resources rooted in whatever you want to say, right. It was like, oh, this is it. We're teaching kids how to really navigate social, the whole social thing. That's really, really super complex. And when I figured that out and added on even more goodness, I mean, I am a learner, right? I'm a big time learner. I went back and got my master's in education because I was like, okay, keep me, keep me going, keep me fresh. Anyways, I ended up teaching academies at my school district, my former school district out in California. Um, I just didn't stop. I never, ever stopped. I, you know, recorded my kids. I had my students, my little first grade students make videos of themselves, right? With their language and their phrases explaining how they, you know, support each other, the language that we're using, how they check in with their feelings, what coping strategies they have. Six-year-olds, you guys, six-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, 
And those videos went to the district, right? Mm-hmm. Then they were like, holy, hey, holy yeah. we've got a thing we here. We need to talk to you. Oh. Yeah. So I just want to point out, you didn't want to go back to school for any more psychology, but once you sunk your teeth into something that really lit your fire, yeah. it was not a big deal. No. Which no. I, I think is such an important notation. It's like we – from a very young age are taught that we have to be one thing for the rest of our life. It's such a common question. What do you want to do when you grow up? It's like, how about who do you want to be? Yeah. Because you became someone through your experience that you had no idea existed when you were going to school for psychology. I mean, girls, listen, even when I was in the classroom, I was like, this is it. I'm a classroom teacher. I've done it. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to the district level, I was like, this is it. They created a position for me. I've done it. And then when I was up there, I was like, oh no, there's way more to do. This world is bigger than this. And I think, I mean, COVID really was the catalyst um, because then, you know, we were all at home. It was was that year, right? 2019, 2020. And instead of going into classrooms and coaching teachers and being in it with the children, all of a sudden now we were behind a screen and I needed to find out how to support these families, which was incredible. And I was like, oh, this is, this is bigger than I could have ever imagined. And then my family and I were like, we got to get out. We got, we want, we want to live life and we want to buy a home and it wasn't going to happen for us out in California. And so that's why we moved to Texas. And I just knew in my heart of hearts, I mean, it was scary. It was so scary to leave, leave, you know, my people, my, my kids, my families, my teachers. I mean, I mourned that loss. I mean, it's taken me two years to mourn the letting go of all of that. Um, But look at you now. I know. (laughs) Your impact has grown exponentially. I know. And I still get to go back. That's the thing. I still get hired back. Um, and now I'm really like working with like the state of California. And oh my gosh. I mean, it's just, it's so cool. You guys, yeah. it's so amazing. So I love this story and I can just, I, I mean, Kim, the sky is the limit for you. And that's why what's cool about the work that we also do, it's stemmed and rooted in social emotional learning. So tell us. Maybe there's listeners, parents, maybe there's a girl on the call or on the who's tuning in on the call with us, um, who's tuning into this podcast. But what is like what makes up social emotional learning and why is it so important that you lead the work that you do and why it's so important for us to lead similar work? Like, why is it important to have community get behind what social emotional learning is? So it's, I mean, it's exactly brings you back to the first question that you asked me was what was your number one and what was Mm -hmm. your number two, right? It's because we really need to teach our kids how the social world works. We need to teach them that there's hidden rules all around you that nobody ever talks about. Mm -hmm. And when you go into social situations like a classroom or like um, a play date with a friend or Um, the movie theater, right? There's different things that you need to do so that you can control yourself, your emotions, right? It's the whole emotional regulation piece. Um, It's the volume of of your voice. It's your actions and reactions to things. Um, It's teaching them how to do all of that so they can be successful. 
right? So they can work in the social world. And again, it's really giving families and teachers and schools and districts and everyone that same common language and systems and strategies so that everyone's on the same page so that we can, we can do it all together seamlessly. In your opinion, why do you think there are so many hidden rules? Where did they become hidden? And why are there so many of them that we just don't talk about, but expect our kids to know at a certain point? Yeah. I mean, hidden rules are all around us all the time. And it's interesting, you know, as a parent, when my child, and he's nine now, but when he was little, I was teaching him about the social world. I mean, from day one, (gasps) we're going into the grocery store. It's expected to stay in the cart. Oh, nope. Remember, we're in the grocery store. The volume of our voice needs to be da 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 right? It's expected to, or, oh, that was a little unexpected. So all these things that I was saying and explaining to him, I was showing him how that social world works so he could be successful. And now guess what? Now, fast forward, he's able to go into a grocery store with a calm demeanor, right? Quiet voice, use the grocery cart, push the grocery cart, like the right, but not like the crazy, right? Think about all those things that we just like expect kids to do. Like even little, even littles, even your four-year-olds, how many times as a mama, do you look over and you're like, um, why is this child running down the aisle of the grocery store? Like going like a maniac, pushing the grocery cart. Like, why are they doing that? Why are they screaming? And it's because right. We're expecting them to understand all of those hidden to know at four years old. Right. 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 Absolutely. That's it. And it never ends. It's not like it's just for little people. It is for all humans, right? How many times do we go and sit in a restaurant and we're looking over like, what is going on over at that table? Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and they're adults. We're like, what is, what? I don't understand. Right. How did you yeah. miss that? But really yes. we're expecting again, we're expecting and mm-hmm. think about your kiddos that really struggle and with all things social, right. Social world is super challenging for their brains. They're born with a brain that makes it tricky for them. That carries on into adulthood too. These are life skills. This is lifelong learning. It's, I always tell everyone it's social, emotional learning. It's not social, emotional. I already got this. You guys, have you heard that we're hosting a summer camp? Listen, you can go to a summer camp that kills time or you can attend a camp that leverages it. This summer, we aim to empower and inspire young women to pursue more, more confidence, more positive friendships, more community impact, more dreams and aspirations, more self-honoring and healthy habits. To explore more camp options, go to girlsmentorship.com. We can't wait to see you there. Right, mm. and then you graduate when you're a senior in high school and there you go, on to yeah. the on to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen, so I love that you've been teaching, like you have a really beautiful example because you're a mama and you've been doing this with your little one from a young age till now is he, did you say he? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens if kiddos are hearing this for the first time? Maybe they are, maybe they are acting out in the classroom a little bit more and they're, they're in sixth grade, seventh grade. 
do teachers have a fighting chance to manage some kiddo like that, even though they've been conditioned for the last 12 years to act that way? Is there a fighting chance for, for teachers, but also as parents, once they learn these type of skills as well, mm-hmm. to get a handle on? Yep. And I think it comes from, you know, it, it really does come from a mental shift in thinking about behaviors. When you change it to lagging skills or lacking skills, all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I'm not expecting. Okay. Now I'm teaching into this. And how do I do that? Right. What, what's the why of this? Why, why is this behavior happening? Um, and then seeing it as, okay, this is a skill that is lagging in this child. Or um, now, especially with COVID too, and I talk to teachers all the time, I was like, maybe it's not even lagging. It's lacking there. It's not there guys. It's non-existent. There at all. Right. And then they're like, okay, now I get it. It's, it doesn't exist. So then where are the building blocks and what am I going to do? Right. And that's what, you know, we talk about strategies and systems. Systems are things you do all day long in the classroom, like a check-in. I mean, so many times on Instagram, I want to like hit my head thinking it's not super cute and fun guys. That's not what this is. It's deep rooted and we're doing it all day long because just because you're checking in in the morning and you are feeling worried or whatever, doesn't mean you're worried all day, right? I just saw you outside playing on the playground. You were laughing. I know you were laughing. I know you were happy. You were, you had some moment, right? When that worry went away. And now how do you feel? Well, then nothing might've gotten in a fight with a, with a friend. And now they're coming in. They're not worried. They're not happy. Now maybe they're sad. So then the next part really is when you're feeling all those different ways, what are you going to do to support yourself? What tools are in your toolbox? What can you use today? What can you use now? What will you use in the future? Did it work for you or not? Right. And those are the things that we teach them. It's it's all about the lagging skills and the shift. Well, and to really circle back around on your second point around having a common language, this is something we hit on every single day. It's like, I don't have kids. I don't plan on having kids, but that doesn't mean that I can't facilitate this in our work that we're doing, but also in my personal life, because I know that I'm an example. And for these kids to grow up and be the next generation of strong and powerful leaders, the leaders that we need them to be, I need to exude these type of skills as well. I can't just brush it off like, well, that's not my responsibility, because it is our responsibility as a community, as school teachers, as parents, like we all need to be speaking this language. We like to call it seed planting. Like we know that our little touch points with the girls aren't necessarily going to have them understanding this to the fullest capacity. Like you said, it's a learning. They're going to have to spend time every single day learning these skills. But it's, it's always been so interesting for me to see like athletes and celebrities claiming that, you know, their platform, they're not, they're not an example. They are because they're going to need these kids that are coming up to help them when they need the help, when they're not able to do things because they're aging out or or whatever that looks like. So I love that point so much because I think it falls on deaf ears because people are so in their bubble around their personal space or whatever that looks like to think that it's not their responsibility. When realistically what we're seeing in this world right now is such divisiveness when we could have this universal language to really speak to the social skills that we all need to either A, learn or B, refine. Amen, sister. And you know what, truly, I feel like 
Um, I had a, I have a business coach told me this one time, which is like, you have a gift, right? You both have a gift. We all have gifts. And how dare you keep that gift to yourself and not give it to the world? Truly. Yeah. A hundred percent. It also makes me think about being proactive, like being in conversations like this is so proactive in that just finding common ground where oftentimes families or girls will come and use our services because it's like it's a fire drill. It's like it is an emergency. We've lost her. We don't know where she's been. The it email is, is like red alert, 911, call us right now. And we're red like, flag. it's not a pink flag. It's all the way red. It's burning What's red. What's happened for the last 16 years? Let's talk about it. You know what I mean? And, um, and I think when, well, getting into this work, Mary and I thought we were just working with girls and quickly we found that we were also a part of the family. False. <laughs> it, was, it was quickly we're, we're proven moving false. In, like hey. super nannies, you know, just <laughs> yes. moving in. Um, but when we got to know the families more, we started to, and without judging anyone or making them feel shameful, we just started to see opportunities for them to practice the same thing that we were teaching their daughters. Yes. So again, having that common language at home is so critical because it also shows the girls in our, in our case that we're human beings. Parents are not going to be perfect. And how no. cool for your mom or your dad to come to you and say, hey, that I totally messed up and here's why I messed up. And let me bring you in to, to show you so I can teach you so that I'm not projecting my expectations on you when you mess up. And or, you can learn what this yeah. looks like to dole out an apology or accept forgiveness. So you're not 30 and totally shutting exactly. off like so many of us are, yeah. you know, those communication skills, those critical thinking skills. It's, it's, it's incredible. So honestly, you guys, like I had, um, I was in a workshop the other day, my friend, um, she's putting it together and she was like, well, let's just Kim, what do you, what do you think about this? And it was a parent, a parent workshop. They were talking about behaviors and she's like, you just have it all together all the time. It seems like, and I was like, girl, and Honey. I, I, I mean, the record myself, stopped no, like you all need to know. I will blow up at my family all the time. However, right? However, I do have the skills to then take a step back to come in, get low on their level, husband, son, whatever it is, right? And be able to reflect and say, I'm sorry, that was wrong. I am so sorry that I did that. Da, da, da. That probably made you feel whatever it was. And then lead in and lean in with solutions, whatever it is, problem solving, whatever it is. I just feel like, um, yeah, the, again, life skills. No one's, no one's got it all together all the time. No, but we, again, we need to be proactive, right? Be proactive in all of this. Um, one of my favorite anchor chart of yours. That... I was just going to bring up anchor charts, <laughs> anchor charts because you said tools, <laughs> solutions, yeah. and that's where I was going to, going to lead into, yeah. um, 
before you start, yes, we were it. on the news the other day and we had one of your anchor charts as a prop. So I just want you to know how integral and how imperative those have been in facilitating some of our workshops because they're easeful. So okay. after Jill tells us what her favorite one thus far has been, I want to paint a picture for the audience as to what anchor charts actually yeah. are. Well. My favorite, and I think what you taught me, or you just made me see it a little bit differently or put, again, language to it. So right. when I think of when I think of my kids, I have two boys, they're six and eight, they're in elementary school, you know, they're going to school and they're working on their academics and they're also athletes and they're interested in music and acting and, you know, so they also have activities. And you drew an anchor chart that said, you know, you can be school smart or academic smart, mm -hmm. you can be sport smart, mm -hmm. but you also need to work on your social smarts. Mm -hmm. And to me, I was like, whoa, that was so powerful because how much do I pour as a parent into them getting what they need at school, supporting them at home in their homework, also making sure that they balance it with sports and activities and friends. But what am I doing to pour into them around their social smarts? Yeah. So you drew this beautiful anchor chart that just made me stop in my tracks and, and just reflect. So thank you for that. And I'll kick it back over to you. What's an anchor chart? <laughs> around what is, or how did it come about? And your inspiration for it. I just, I am obsessed with them and I will Man, I will. She will sing your praises I will. until the day um, that she is no longer able to sing. They're so cute. I mean, honestly, you know, I am an elementary school teacher at heart. And I, we, as teachers, make anchor charts for everything. Whether you're teaching a reading strategy or a writing strategy, maybe it's something in math, like a new math concept. Anything and everything is a beautiful chart, right? It's a big poster. And, um... What do we do with all those things? They become wallpaper, right? It's wallpaper on your walls. You put them over here and you put them over here and you put it over here and it just kind of stays. And then you have like open house and all the parents come and they're like, whoa, they must be learning. There's all these charts everywhere. <laughs> There's all right? these wallpapers, incredible. Wow. Where'd they order it from? <laughs> but this is the thing, like for kids and truly being in classrooms now and working with the people, right? Um, you realize like when I come in there, I don't see any of that. I don't see any of that. It all just becomes wallpaper. It's like, it fades into the background. And obviously if it's doing it to me, myself, who is like, I'm literally searching out this stuff also, right. If it becomes wallpaper to me, it sure is becoming wallpaper to kids. Mm -hmm. And so part of it was, uh, how do we make it meaningful? right? It's not just about some activity, lesson, strategy, whatever it is. It's not just checking the box. Mm -hmm. Right, baby. Exactly. Yeah. It's really how do we get it to work? And so really, um, you know, I teach teachers and, you know, administrators truly, right? The principals need, need this also yeah. is that there's three things that you can do to really make this stuff stick. And you need to set goals the beginning of the day, right? Today, like, like you said, Okay, the one with all the the smarts, right? Today, oh my gosh, you guys, what is going to be your number one goal? What do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus on your art smarts? Are you thinking, hmm, art just really isn't my thing. In my brain, I've got like a little tiny chunk for art smarts. Do you want to really focus on that today? Is that going to be your goal? Is it going to be friend smarts? Are you really wanting to like 
figure out how to get into a little social circle and hang out with a new crew outside on the playground today? Is it going to be your math smarts? Like what's your goal, right? And again, this can be for any anchor chart, any whatever, right? It's the same thing. Set your goal. And then before, let's say kiddos go out to recess or start their math or whatever it is, you say, okay, I really want you guys to focus on your goal. What was your goal today? What are you focusing on to really make sure that those smarts grow? And then at the end of the day, what do you do? Number three is you reflect. How did it go today? Were you able to really tap into your art smarts? Were you really able to like meet a new friend and tap into your friend smarts? How was your day, right? What's going on in your brain? And I mean, truly then guess what guys, it doesn't become wallpaper, right? Mm -hmm. And you really use it. It becomes the wallpaper of their brain then. Right? I yeah. love that. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's, yeah. it's so beautiful. And I love, I mean, throwing out more examples of other charts that I've seen and we've used is um, having a growth mindset. Mm. Your your brain being a flexible brain. You know, we took that, your big, beautiful, flexible brain. I, I'm not sure if you named it that or Jill actually named it that, but the idea of a flexible brain, right? You've got one side that is closed off and then you've got one side that's abundant. We took that into um, an organization called the Phoenix Dream Center here in Phoenix. And it's a basically refuge for women and men who have been sex trafficked. So it was a short-term stay, long-term stay for some of them. Um, and we were asked to come just lead a conversation with the residents. And we led with that conversation around your big, beautiful, flexible brain and how you are the purveyor of that and you decide if you want to stay stuck or you decide if you want to be open to change and possibility and the feedback that we got from that particular conversation was awesome someone who had been there um just as a volunteer for years was like i've never seen them so conversational i've never seen them raise their hands as much as they did so um kudos just for you like you said a couple of minutes ago you sharing your gift has impacted people that you will never meet people that you will never know about conversations you'll never hear but conversations that are just so incredibly impactful as a jump off point for people who want to incorporate some of the things that you've put out into the world oh i love that and i mean it goes it goes back to what we were saying again about the learning it's not just for little people right, right? adults are using this too it's that same concept that that common language of having a flexible brain right? It's not just for our kiddos. It's for adults. We all need to practice that. Oh, I love that. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that with her. Um, okay. A couple other ones that I'm thinking of is, um, tools in your toolbox, you legit drawing a tool box and what is in it? A deep breath. Is it movement? Is it, I love that kids can also see the visual of, okay, what what do I need right now? And it's in my toolbox. You drawing emotions really beautifully or like, okay, how are you feeling? Okay, well then what do you do about that feeling? Uh -huh. You draw them in such a way that makes so much sense that parents, if you're listening to this, kids, if you're listening to this, please go check out Kim's Instagram. Seriously, she gives them a way for you to learn. <laughs> Free 99, honey. Free 99. And it just, I mean, it, what, uh, it's just, it, it's, uh, there's no price to it. It's invaluable. I've gotten so much from it myself being obviously a woman, but a, a leader 
And as a parent, I'm like, man, this is so cool that I can talk to my kids in a different way. And I've been engulfed in this conversation and this work for about 10 years. So talk about learning. I'm constantly learning. I know. I just feel like, you know, I read a lot of picture books. I love picture books. Oh, um, yes. I love that you, <laughs> oh, yes, we can go on and on it. Yes. Sorry. I will Wait. equally say that was also another gift that you gave me was oh. finding more books that can like talk to my kids in a different way. Yes. I pull ideas from picture books. I pull ideas from um, just things that I read or just the good stuff. I mean, you guys, it's just the good stuff. And I feel like we spend so much time on Pinterest and Instagram and whatever, just like, you know, researching and finding more and whatever. And it becomes like jumbled in our brains. And I feel like my gift, my gift truly also is to pull out the good stuff and figure out a way to, I mean, I get inspired by a million different things, right? And I'll pull different things together to create a picture that's easily digestible, right? And actually actionable for everyone, right? You're actually going to do it. You are legit speaking Jill's love language. I will come over to her house and she'll be like, I was reading this smut magazine in line at the grocery store the other day and it was about this celebrity couple and the inspiration I pulled from it. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you do that? I'm, I'm like the logical one on the back end, like putting things together that she comes up with, but she is truly our curriculum expert, which is incredible. I This business functions with the two of our very separate brains, but you are legit just speaking right Right to her oh, heart. I am. And I also feel sometimes I'm like, I need other people's brains. So the fact that it's your gift, you give me ideas that I'm like, oh, I would have never thought of that. So continue, continue to, to find inspiration everywhere. Literally, that's one of my favorite quotes that I live by is finding inspiration anywhere. I can be walking and find a picture in graffiti and I'm like, ooh, let's do an art piece. <laughs> And what can, what's the lesson in that? And that's why this podcast is called What's the Lesson? Because there's a lesson in everything. If you're willing to look at it that way. 100%. Yeah. Girls, girls. That's beautiful. So as we wrap up our time together on this podcast, what's next for you? You, you've been, so if this really started over COVID, you are probably just a little ahead of us in business and you've seen, um, a big boom in what you're able to do. What's next on the horizon? What are you excited about? Oh my gosh. So I think, you know, now with schools and school districts, I think everyone's reading, uh, realizing that it isn't social emotional learning. Check the box. Exactly what mm -hmm. you think for, right? And so they're realizing I can't purchase a boxed curriculum and just give it to teachers and add something to their plate. It doesn't work that way, right? Social emotional learning doesn't work that way. And so, uh, you know, my mission really is to be that human connection, that heartbeat that really is going to love on you and support you um, and support that plate. I mean, they say social emotional learning isn't um, one more thing on the plate. It is the plate. But however, however, who's holding that plate up for you? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I really um, am just on a mission to uh, love on and support and guide more schools and districts and teachers and families. I mean, really across the world. Um, so I have, you know, programs that I've put together and I have memberships, um, that I've put together because now really it's not just about me supporting one-on-one -on -one clients. It's bringing them all together. 
And oh, so that's, that. yeah, that's my, that's my next big mission. I mean, I have an Academy right now and I have connected people from all over the world and they are, they all have their specific mission. Either they're a classroom teacher. They're like, let's do this. Or they're, you know, a parent, like the parent connections or they're the, the, at the district. And they're like, okay, how do I really figure this out? And being able to connect all these circles of humans in this work that has been just, I mean, it's blowing my mind and I love it. Oh my gosh. We refer to ourselves sometimes as Mrs. Worldwide, you know, the, the female version of, of <laughs> Pitbull. Pitbull. So honestly, welcome to the Mrs. Worldwide gang. I love, <laughs> I love, love, love technology and the internet in the sense that we are able to create common connections of people who are seeing an area of opportunity that they would like to work on and you being able to provide that for them in your home in Texas, yeah. right? In our homes in Phoenix, like we're reaching people we never would have been able to reach. And I think that's such a beautiful part about the time we're living in as challenging as it is right now it's always been challenging as much as things change they stay the same how are we adapting and how are we overcoming and it's cool that we're disrupting things in a way that people need them to be disrupted well and for me kim i'm like mary uses this awesome example of a seatbelt. like when we first got introduced to a car mm -hmm. there probably wasn't a seatbelt, and then someone wrecked and was like, whoa, maybe we we put this thing across our chest. And, you know, it's evolved as cars have gotten smarter and faster and better, but schools haven't really. It's been the same year over year over year over year, and it's time. It's, I think, administrators are screaming from the rooftops. Teachers, Teachers. are, and it's like, how can we how can we be okay shifting and pivoting and editing and refining so that it feels easier yep. and more and it's more um glamorous like i want to be a teacher like look how it like impactful it feels to be leading the next generation so i am so i am so on board with you being mrs worldwide and being part of our <laughs> our crew because school districts more school districts who bring you on and see success need to talk to more school districts and more and more and more until finally we can say it's time it's time to shake how school is operated and how it's ran if people are open to it yep and i feel like honestly you know you, you said super nanny right they call you super nanny i mean i they have referred to me as the super nanny for teachers <laughs> You come in and you shake shit up. Let's go. One teacher, the cutest thing in life, darling. I went into her classroom. I take over, right? Little, they had, she had littles. I take over everything. And then she told her colleagues, oh my gosh, Kim was in my classroom. It's like, she's like Cinderella or something. Like it was like the fairy godmother, like bibbity bobbity boo. Like the birds were chirping. Right? Oh, yes. Yes. It's yes. But it's, but honestly, it's the connections. It's the human connections. I need, I will love on you and guide you and support you in this work because otherwise, I mean, I'm, well, I'm in it, baby. I'm yeah, in it with you, that. right? We're going to totally. get down and dirty. I'm going to get in there with you and give you your next best step so that you feel successful, right? You as the teacher and your families are going to feel empowered also. And your kids are going to see a transformation, right? That, that chaos to calm. You're going to be, it's easy. It gets to be fun. I love it. Well, we will drop all of your 
like where we can find where our listeners social can find handles you. websites yes. in our show notes this has been such an honor obviously we've had conversations outside of this but we haven't had a good solid hour to spend together and i honestly can't wait for this good solid hour to be spent together over a glass of wine in person because this this sector this genre this niche mm -hmm. needs more good people like the three of us on this call to be pouring ourselves into it and it's just such an honor to be doing it right beside you so thank you for sharing who you are with us and our audience you've left us better than you found us oh, i love you sisters thank you for having me oh we love you <laughs> lovely audience until the next time we grace your eardrums <laughs> We'll see you on What's the Lesson. Take care, everyone. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com slash WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. <laughs>